Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you want to help put a pep in my step, all you gotta do is hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Training Outcome 5466. You think you're smarter than me? I don't agree, but I'm going to play along if you pay me more. I was working a job on college campus that was a tech job, so I was doing it remotely, i.e. for my own dorm room. Why leave the room when I can get paid to sit in my bed and work? So one day, I needed to run a huge script that would take a lot of time. I didn't want to block my own laptop for the job because it would prevent me from doing other work as the job was super heavy. I emailed my supervisor asking to use a computer in her office since she had a few empty cubicles with computers. She wasn't a fan, so I decided I'd discuss it with her when I meet with her next. The job wasn't a priority. When I met her a month later, she still didn't understand why I needed a computer. She wasn't a tech person. I was doing tech work for a single project and was the only person doing tech. She just kept saying it wasn't possible. So I decided not try to explain why it would be better, but act like it's the only option. Given the fact that the script sort of touched student data, but not really, I said that FERPA regulations would force me to have to spend money if I had to do it on my laptop, as I'd have to keep it extra secure, etc. Not exactly true, but whatever. Forced her hand, so she buckled in and said she'd get me access to the computer. She said it would be done in a week. So about 10 days later, I went to the office to try to use it, but my login didn't work. I spoke to the IT team and found out that she had never put in the request. So now for the real fun. I emailed her saying it didn't work, she wasn't in the office, but that I'd try again the next day. Did this every day for about 3 weeks. Suddenly one day, I get a call from her, never happened before so I was confused. She asked me what the 1 hour every morning was on my timesheet. I stated that it was the time I spent going to her office, trying to log in, then it failing, so having to return and try it again the next day. She said nothing and just hung up. By the way, my hourly wage was about $20, so that's $300 over 3 weeks. The next morning, I got a call from the IT team stating that the request to give me access to the computer had been received, and that the request would be processed in 2 hours. Lo and behold, that afternoon, I had an email confirming I had access, and the next morning, when I went into the office, I had access to the computer. Do you guys agree that if your managers or whoever oversees your department at work is not adequately managing things, that the best way to go about it is to hit them in the pocketbook and make it hurt until they really realize it? Or would you rather do something like constant reminders, maybe trying to get the higher-ups involved in an email chain? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Z. Edgar Hoover, another, of course you can speak to a man. 25 plus years ago, I was a senior developer at a small enterprise software company. For whatever reason, all of our technical support reps were female. All were excellent, but we were mostly dealing with male customers and occasionally one would push back when some girl tried to tell them what was wrong. None were ever explicit about it, not nearly as bad as some stories, but still not cool. Several times, one of the ladies would come into my office looking confused and say, I have dude from big company on hold, he's having problem and I told him solution, but he doesn't believe me. 
I'd say, ah, he wants to speak to a guy. First, tell me exactly what you told him. She'd reel it off. I'd write it down. Then I'd pick up the line and read what I'd written word for word. Worked every time. When I hung up, we'd laugh at him and she'd go off knowing that it wasn't her fault. Nowadays, we're more woke and I like to think I'd call them out. Back then, that would have been considered very uncool and I never seriously considered it. Though I did think about it vaguely. You just gotta love when somebody calls up a support line and thinks the people working there who were hired to do the support work don't know how to do the support work because they're a woman. Like, what does it matter? If they weren't qualified, they wouldn't be there on the other end of the line. This next story is by Maywin the Lacerator. I need to speak to Mr. Jones. I used to work for a law firm, Jones Law Group. Miss Jones was the sole practitioner. I often got calls from people demanding to speak to Mr. Jones. That told me two things. One, they thought they were important enough to go right to the boss, and two, they didn't know enough to know that said boss was a woman. Well, it just so happened that Miss Jones employed her brother part-time as office manager, so all those calls got transferred straight to him. What I love is all those calls getting transferred to her brother make it way more comfortable for them to be like, oh, you called here thinking Mr. Jones was the practitioner, huh? To be fair, they wouldn't do it because it is a law group, but if they did, it would be more appropriate because, you know, the familial bond is there, right? Our next story is by Kyriacon. You want a cone? I'll give you a cone. I worked for an irrigation company years ago, Sprinkler Systems. In our part of the world, winters can be cold. So we performed what we know as a winterization, which consists of shutting off the water for a customer's sprinklers and then blowing air into the pipes and sprinkler heads via a pull-behind compressor. The ones we rented were painted bright orange, so you could see me from a long ways off. One of the allotments we worked in had a few guys that were sticklers for the rules. Trucks parked on the street had to have orange cones behind them to help alert residents driving through there that workers were present. For what I do, I never have to park on the street except for during winterizations. I hadn't thought to throw a cone in my truck because the compressor is already bright orange and behind my truck. So early into the winterization season, I'm parked out on the street with no cone behind my truck. An SUV pulls up as I'm getting my stuff ready, and one of the security guys says, Where's your cone? I said, I don't have one. I figured the big orange compressor was warning enough. Nope, you need a cone behind it. I told him I'd get one once I left, and would keep it with me for the season. Cue the malicious compliance. I went back to the shop, and found a type of fitting that we use for pond jumps. It's about 4 inches tall and is cone-shaped. Grabbed some orange turf marking paint and gave it a couple of coats. Now my truck had an orange cone and I was compliant with the rules. About a week goes by before I was back in that allotment. I pulled up in front of my customer's house and out went my tiny little orange cone to sit behind my big old orange compressor. Security's out doing the rounds and I later saw one of their trucks pull up alongside me look at the four inch cone and bust up laughing he pulled off and nobody gave me any more trouble about cones in that allotment again that year honestly there's something almost adorable about that like i'm just imagining like a play toy version of a traffic cone sitting there like it looks as if it was stolen from a barbie's construction workyard playset. i mean technically it works right our next story is by d harman 555 Won't approve my purchases? Okay, I can work with that. I was a one-man IT shop at a small manufacturer. I'd been there for years. 
I was actually the third employee ever hired, and now the company was like 120 people. I was very frugal, but in smart ways. I got a lot done for little money, and always was looking out for the company. The owner recognized and respected this. Anyhow, we had gotten big enough where I didn't report to the owner anymore, and I was assigned to report to an inexperienced accountant who got her degree from some sketchy online school. She was going to change the world. I used to be able to just buy anything I wanted because the owner knew whenever I asked for a company credit card that I'd already done my homework and it would be good for the company. Well now, if anything was over $500, I had to go through this process with her to justify it. It wouldn't bug me except that she had no real business savvy or common sense. It was just painful to me to try to explain the most obvious things to her and she would fight it just because of power tripping or something. Example, I was trying to justify having at least one computer loaded up and ready to go as a hot spare for when someone's broke. She balked at having $1,500 sitting on a shelf unused. I tried to explain that about once a month, someone's computer would break. All she could see was the $1,500 sitting unused most of the time. She couldn't understand the real cost of a broken computer, that the person could no longer do their job effectively. Parts not getting ordered, jobs not getting expedited, emails not getting returned. Me having to drop everything to react to the situation, overnighting in parts. The true impact cost to the company was several hundreds of dollars every month. She couldn't see that having a spare would pay for itself in half a year or so. After a half an hour of fighting over this, I had an epiphany. I handed her requisition approval forms to tell her she was right and left. Any purchases under $500 didn't need any approval at all. Now, nothing I ever bought was over $500. I didn't buy a spare computer. I bought three as parts and assembled them into computers. Servers, network storage? Why justify to a bean counter who wouldn't understand anyway? Just buy more parts and assemble yourself. Dual monitors for everybody, but one at a time. Bite me, Charmaine. I definitely feel for OP because you can tell OP had like a really good thing going on here and then it was like as if a giant new roadblock popped up where you had to explain yourself over and over again when you know you're doing the right thing and if they just let you be, it would work and it wouldn't be annoying. Our next story is by Gelatinous Stand. Sure you can have an accounting of my every minute. Mid 2020, I moved across the country and started a new job. Before I accepted, I made it clear that I would need an adjusted schedule because of COVID and childcare issues. I'm told this is totally fine. We're all adults and can manage our own time. As long as I'm working the right number of hours within certain parameters, everything will be great. It became obvious very quickly that my new boss and I were not getting along. She was very proud of her computer science PhD from the 90s and hadn't learned a thing about computers since while I was supposed to be tech support and she really didn't like being wrong. Also, I was morally opposed to holding an 80-person indoor event because again, COVID. Anyway, about three months into my tenure, she tells me that she forgot to tell me that she needs an accounting of my time each week to make sure it all adds up to enough hours. She says everyone does them and she just forgotten to have me start. I ask around, very small team, about five people, Nobody has ever heard of anything like this. I asked her about what they said. 
She says she needs to make sure that I'm not getting away with working less because of my modified schedule and to just do it. So I write down every single deviation from the standard schedule every single time. Arrived one minute early? It goes on the spreadsheet. Took a three minute shorter lunch? On the spreadsheet. Left seven and a half minutes early to get my kids? Better believe that half minute's going on the spreadsheet. Stayed 11 minutes late? Heck yeah. Did I make my schedule even weirder than usual? Maybe. I used Excel to make sure everything totaled exactly perfectly. But she didn't tell me to do the math for her, so I deleted it before I printed the spreadsheet out to sign and turn in. She spent almost an hour the first time doing math. I know this because she complained endlessly about it to my coworker. It took all of two weeks, two spreadsheets, for her to tell me that I could start managing my own time again. I quit a month later, but that's a different tale of malicious compliance. You gotta love when you work for a boss that just doesn't trust you. You know, like when it's even like a very easy or simple thing and they're like, make sure you write this down for me what you're doing and I'll review it so I can babysit you. And our final story of the day is by the Golden Ranger. Lunch is only an hour? No problem. I work at a relatively small organization, 60-ish employees, in an office environment. I don't work as a cashier, but my office is next to the cashier's desk. Over the past few months, I've been dropping off the bank deposit during my lunch break because the cashiers have been too busy to take it during work hours. This is purely a courtesy to the cashiers and is not required of my job in any way. But I like to help my coworkers when I can. The bank is about 10 minutes away from the office and I'm going to pass it on the way to food anyways, so no big deal. It usually takes about 10 to 15 minutes at the bank, depending on how busy they are, so I account for that and extend my lunch break accordingly. This went on fine for a few weeks until my boss decided that I was taking too long in my lunch breaks and reminded me that I should not be taking more than an hour. I explained that I was taking the bank deposit as a courtesy, but I may as well have said nothing because I was once again reminded that I have one hour for lunch. I told my boss, no problem, I would make sure I'm back on time moving forward. Cue malicious compliance. Ever since that conversation, my lunch has been exactly one hour. As soon as I get back to the office, I get a company vehicle and take the bank deposit on company time. Now, instead of just paying me for the 15 minutes I'm at the bank, they're paying me that plus 20 minutes drive time, and I'm putting unnecessary wear on a company vehicle. It also takes about 5 minutes each day to check out and return the keys to the vehicle. My boss asked where I'd been the first day, and when I explained, she just said okay. I get the feeling she's too proud to admit it was simpler when I was just taking it on my way to lunch. But I'm fine with the extended break. I feel like a lot of people, if they were thrown under the bus like this, they would just straight up stop taking the deposits. But honestly, like, taking some extra time and getting paid? Being able to use that company time up to just drive it down there and, you know, hopefully put a little doubt in their mind as far as, did they make the right decision asking for that? That's kind of great, ain't it? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.